When you look in the mirror, what do you see? A sexy, confident goddess or work in progress? Are there lumps and bumps? You'd rather weren't there? Could you hit the gym more? Eat better? And then what? When you banish chocolate and wine from your life, lost half a stone, are you going to love what you see? Or are you going to find something else to dislike? When will we be good enough? This is Rina Diptianabil, aka Mummy Imperfect, and you're listening to the Sisterhood of Mummy Imperfect. And if you don't know already, this is a podcast where we celebrate and explore womanhood. And in this episode, my guest and I are going to be talking about something that most women will have felt at some point. The way we see ourselves, our self-esteem, our health and our happiness... So let me introduce my guest. So if you are an OG listener, you probably will have heard her before on the podcast last year when she joined me in an episode called Are You Getting Enough of Good Enough? So now she's here on this episode, When Will We Be Good Enough? It's food behaviour coach, mom of two, the gorgeous Ravneet. Hello. Yay, thank you, Rina. What a lovely intro. <laughs> so welcome back to the podcast. Um, okay, so listen, let's just get straight into it, yeah? Finding that balance between working on yourself and hating yourself. Because I know that sounds, some people are like, what are you talking about? But as somebody who's who's been there, you know, I, I for me, that's not easy. And for a lot of people, that's not easy. Because there yeah. is that kind of attitude of like, you know, self-love. Oh, I don't need to change anything. I'm fine. You know, I'm happy with this oh no thanks I don't need to exercise I, I don't want to and then there's the other extreme where it's like I'm going to be obsessed about everything I don't like this I don't like that I need to be more toned I need to eat better I need to track my macros and everything yeah do Do you agree do you think it's a, a, a difficult balance it's a it's a really difficult balance um and in my coaching I always like I always support the women in knowing it's an ongoing journey Mm. We, we we can't turn off what we call the inner critic and the inner critic is that voice that's saying those things to us that's putting us down um, that's been formed throughout our entire lives typically between 0 and 7 when we start really picking up beliefs through what we see not what we're told and you and I know Rena like with between 0 and 7 we have been influenced or had access to someone that has body criticism so my mum, you know, and it's not intentional. They're just cracking about their business, feeling the way they're feeling um, in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And so we're already, like, at the back foot. I mean, we're born a female, so we're already already minus five on, like, life status, right? Mm. <laughs> and then we're brown. Oh, and then we might be a little bit darker brown. So, like, you know, nose is too long, might not be tall, depending on our parents. There's this constant influence and influx of you're already not good enough so when it gets to now we want to do the work I just think that this whole you know self-love body positivity movements that they can be as damaging as they can be helpful because it's more about body acceptance and body liberation versus body positivity or body love or self-love because what is that 
do you know it's not actually these days like people would be like oh my god you're saying positive body positivity is not good i say this as well sometimes i'm like do you know what i think it's body positivity doesn't just mean like do you know what let's eat crap let's just like be flabby let's not give a shit like okay if you're flabby and you don't give a shit brilliant right but it doesn't mean that that's okay and and i'll tell you like some people you know for example like lizzo for example right so lizzo will you know she will put pictures of herself like twerking in a thong right yeah all the rolls out and everything you know which is great but then also I think that that criticism of, oh my God, look at you, you're promoting obesity, that does get to her. And I also, I get the feeling that she's on her own journey, that she's on her yeah. own journey. And part of this, oh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get my bum out. I'm going to get, you know, my, my rolls out is part of her accepting herself. So I just feel like she's yeah. on a journey. And, and I've seen people, other people who, you know, maybe they were on the bigger side and they're like oh, I don't care you know I'm really proud of myself and stuff and you see them years later they've lost all the weight and you're like oh my god and then they say and not this is not everybody but they'll some people will be like yeah I, I hated that I hated that I wasn't confident um and I, or, or it led to me having health problems yeah. that's why I, I, I then lost it and or, then we've got a perceived we've got a perceived view of them being super confident in their bodies and years later, everyone is on their own journey. And I say that about my page. So my page is, you know, a lot of people when you're in a in a public page would be, you know, to look aspirational so that the people that are following you would aspire to follow this and be you. But one of the key things I will not do is say, oh, I'm the finished article because I'm not. And even me putting my roles out there is part of my own self-acceptance journey. Mm. Like the first time I did it was mortifying for me. It still is a little bit mortifying. And... If we are talking about body acceptance, body positivity, body liberation, whatever you want to call it, and our size should not be an issue, then I shouldn't have to put my body into that spotlight. So it's so... I always say it's like a double-edged sword. It, it, needs, it comes with nuanced, um, you know, like the opposite of what you're doing. I do it because I think Asian women need to see other Asian bodies that do not look like supermodels. Yeah. Um, mine is about body accept. I don't love all parts of my body. This is the difference. You don't have to love it. It's just about learning to accept it's part of you. Does that mean I don't self-criticize? No, because that mm. inner critic, that voice going back to those beliefs, you know, it will always show up. You cannot silence or remove that voice. So we call it neutralizing it. In a, in my coaching, I help women neutralize the inner critic. So you know how to. Not just shut it down, you know how to negotiate with it so that it gets put into an appropriate place. For example, um, my 40th birthday at the weekend, kind of didn't know oh, what I was going to wear. We were oh, yes! Happy birthday, girl! <laughs> and, Welcome um, to the naughty 40s. I love, me, I love it already, I'm not going to lie, I love it. When I hit 39 um, and I had noticed that my skin really changed in the last year, now, I think there's a there's a way of looking after yourself, which is the appropriate thing to do, and it's a nice thing to do because that in itself is self-care and nourishment mm -hmm. versus I'm trying to get rid of my wrinkles. I don't yeah. care about having wrinkles. I hit a 39, I was like, I'm going in more whole than I've ever been, so I'm not going to go and get Botox and do the rest of it just so that I don't have this. But actually, I should look after my skin because I know hormonally what, you know, we're going through a change and... You could look 70 when you're 50. 
Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but would I want to do that? No. So if mm. I have an element of choice, like you said, should we let ourselves go? I don't believe we should. So I could have really worked at it to get in shape for my 40th, wear that dress, whatever. And then I was like, no, I really haven't got time to be busting my balls. It's six weeks holidays, man. I've got other stresses yeah. on my mind. You're probably going to see me hitting the gym between October and December. But September for me is a write-off purely because I'm getting adjusted to the kids being back at school. So I had to then think about navigating into an outfit. And I did try on a few and I was like, whoa, because I'm, I'm actually at the bigger end of my varying sizes, which we all have. Um, so I, for me, I'm at a larger spectrum of my sizing, which means I can't get into the outfits that I have my full bags and my this and my go safe. They're all uh, not fitting me right now. Now, there is an element of me that felt like, oh, shit, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. But also it was like, great, I'm actually just going to go and buy some stuff and then try it on the day like before I've got this whole garden party situation going mm. on. Um, my sister's like, oh, you can borrow some of mine. And this dress looked amazing on my sister. You see my sister, she got the hourglass figure, like she's got it going on. And I'm like, okay, let me wear the dress. And I put it on, I'm like, Jessie, like, this is not looking the same on me as it looked on you. And I had this weird realisation that my body at the moment is a bit like this, rather than like this. Mm. So more, so like, more I, are straight up and down rather than a... Yeah. Older. I am straight up now, and down. Right, well, you, this is why I just said to you, like, I, I want to be effortlessly chic, but I don't know how to dress this adjusted shape that I've got. So I tried on a few things. Uh, nothing was really hitting the mark and then I went back to this dress that I got and, and I'll put up some posts on social media um, it didn't look the same as the night before it didn't look the same as in my mind but I was like you're not going to put off wearing another outfit because you your body right now is different and doesn't look the way you would have liked it to look so we all mm. are allowed to have these feelings but I negotiate with that feeling I'm like it's your birthday. You're not going into 40, forcing yourself to be what you're not. You're going mm. in in acceptance of your body is always changing. Yeah. I'm not going to get the... This is why I like, you know, mummy and perfect. You're not going to get the perfect picture, the perfect outfit, the perfect weather, the perfect day. You're not. But we would delay our happiness, you know, for that. I'm not good enough. That's what I'm saying. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Listen, there's I'm not delaying like my happiness. I still had a really good time. I was holding it in. I'm not going to lie, lady. <laughs> I do do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, breathe out. But let it out. Because mate. you do Let's want to look nice in your pictures. But at the end of the day, you know, your friends and family, they, they see you. Not a single person commented on shape and size of one another and each other. It was so nice. How often do you get with a group of women where no one's, where someone doesn't talk about? Yeah, yeah, but this in itself, like, how wrong is that? And how true is that? That when you do get together, right, you say hello to people, you know, and, and Indian people do this a lot. Oh, you put on weight. Like, literally, yeah. the, like, two days before my wedding, I went to pick up some family from the airport, right? My, my one of my aunties was like, no, straight away, wedding. No, I weight? can't. And then she was like, laser girl, and I'll see, like, you should have lasered the hair on your Laser's face. And I'm like, I'm getting married in two days. Uh, Thank you for that. I mean, she meant she And I was like... <laughs> to uh, the man that's seen this face for years. No, yeah. I know, it's like... Okay, I was actually feeling quite good about myself, but... And it's like... And you know what? The, the weight could be like... Maybe it was like, I don't know, a few pounds. It's like, so what? Or, or as a yeah. compliment, when you see someone, oh, you look so good, you've lost weight. Oh my God, have you lost weight? You look so good. It's like, why is that a compliment? Why are people yeah. getting happy 
Am I good enough for you now? Like, yeah, but it's like, do why? I fit the expectation of how I should look for you? Like, I would never say that to anybody, and maybe I, I might have because I was brought up in a, you know, in a family where I heard it a lot. People on TV. Oh I my used god, to she looks so fat. Yeah. She looks like a whale. Oh my god, like you know, people in my Fattest mom's family and stuff. Like, mm. oh my god, or even like my mom said it before, like about you know a newsreader on TV. She's really pretty. Her face is so pretty. She looks so good if she lost a bit of weight. It's like, no, mom. She wouldn't look so good because she looks so good now. And yeah. who says she oh. has to be a stick to look nice? I just, I don't get that. You can't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's really damaging. This is and I don't why ever I like want my kids main, saying that. Yeah. This is why I like. I like all the girls in Good Girls in the in the Netflix series, The Good Girls. I, and I, I just look at them like, thank God, like they're all beautiful and they're mm. different size, color, shape. Like, and I just think it's so good to see mainstream like hit series we do come from fattest colorist genderist like sexist the whole shabam it's a kind of thing about the 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 word body positivity i think it originally stemmed from like the gay community right lgbt community and then it kind of got taken over and and some people really dislike the i was slim i'm big now like to show that and I always, the, I think you know the intention of why someone's showing that transformation. But it's the way things get hijacked. And I have to be mindful when I post, but then I'm not going to say, I don't often use weight loss. I don't sell weight loss. But equally, I'm not, it's everyone's right if they want to change their bodies. So I'm all for body acceptance. I'm all for health at every size. You are not written off medically if you are plus size and because sometimes i don't even know the terminology to use it's not going to offend somebody mm. and there's an assumption if you're smaller you're healthier no there's a lot of people that are skinny fat are small or you know have a higher fat um body fat so you're probably a bit more squidgy but your frame is quite small and they may have underlying health issues that people just kind of dis- disregard so i'm all for that However, I think a woman has every right to want to change her body if she wants to, whether that's through cosmetic breast enlargement or whether it's to do with their face. I think the distinction comes between is it a psychological thing you're overcoming or a physiological, physical thing? So, for example, Rena, my boobs just went south after kids. And I remember in my 20s and 30s having great breasts. I miss them. Am I doing this if I go and get some, you know, procedure or surgery or anything? And I have to go non, I have to go non, uh, surgical because I have keloid scarring, and I don't want to therefore add a problem trying to fix, mm. a, you know, a change. But I miss my breasts. That's a personal thing. Now I want to embrace them as they are, but I also would like some, I don't know, like some. I would like a little bit more oomph back in them. Mm, mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. something that I've been thinking about for five years since my second. And if someone said to me, oh, no, like, don't, why are you doing that? You you should embrace who you are. It's really difficult when you've had the lovely bosom. Like, mine's an extreme difference. So if it had been a slight and minor adjustment, but there's extreme. It's not for my husband. It's not for anyone else. My bosoms. <laughs> so... I probably will share the journey if I do or don't, like, because I think it's important. 
But if it was something psychological behind that and it was a body dysmorphia or some kind of I'm trying to remedy underlying feelings of not being good enough, that's different. Yeah. So I think you mm. have to make that distinction. This is the thing. It's like I don't, I used to be that person who's like, oh my God, no, you have to embrace it. Let's be natural. Let's show everybody that natural is best. Don't have surgery. You know, don't do this. Don't have a nose job, even though you hate your, your nose and it's got like a bend in it. So don't do, but you know, there came to a point where I was like, who gives a shit? Do you know what? No one is going to give you a gold medal. I always say this, right? No one's going to give you a badge of honor. When you were 85, you went through years and years and years of feeling sad when you looked in the mirror because your boobs have gone south or they were deflated or like, you know, your ears stuck out yeah. and you didn't want to sort that out. Like who that, if you want to, if, if that gives you the confidence, right? And you can afford to do it, then change it. Like, I don't see a yeah. problem with that. Um, there was an episode called The Mummy Makeover that I did and there's this woman, um, Mandy from Canada. She's a, a vlogger. So she had a whole overhaul, right? So she had, um, she had this a lot of scarring on her stomach from a cesarean and then she had some issues so she had a operation it was it was quite saggy so she had liposuction she had a tummy tuck her breasts she had really good breasts uh, originally but then they sagged one was bigger than the other she hated it she wasn't happy with what she saw yeah she got an uplift and she's so she had that money to spend on that right and she's absolutely yeah. delighted with that she's in her 30s she's like i don't want to be in my 30s and feel like this about myself and you know you know what i'm talking about that kind of like you know, like, there's a, there's a certain amount of sit-ups you can do. There's a certain amount that you can eat, right? But then there's a certain... There's a... The, yeah. the did won't go, right? Hers was obviously yeah. slightly more than other people. And I, and it's like... I think she looked beautiful before the surgery. But then I can understand why she would want to have it. And yeah. I just think... But the thing that I think is that... There's... You you, you can't go into this these things thinking, well, that's it it's going to be perfect. And when I look in the mirror, I'm never going to f say a bad word about myself because you are, yeah. because there's going to be something, yeah. there's going to be, and as we age, there's going to be something, there's going to be wrinkles, there's going to be lines, there's going to be grey hair, there's going to be cellulite. So it's never, it's yeah. not going to be the end of all of this. It's not going to be no. the end of it. No. My cellulite, my wrinkles, my stretch marks, um, age spots, skin tags, you know, the full works we know that we get when we have our kids. Um, there's and even you know my stomach sticking out in dresses like I don't I will not force myself into spanks like even this weekend as I'm not going to force myself into some sort of uncomfortable you know um, diarrhea inducing control tummy wear it's the, the dress is I, the dress was pretty I felt pretty um, I didn't look exactly how I want to look but that's okay like that's the point of being in my that's the point of me going into my 40s learning more and more to accept to embrace to mm -hmm. roll with the punches I'm not going to get the perfect pictures because it's my 40th birthday but three months later I'm have perfect pictures you can't choose that timeline however when I sit down in the bed and my my boobie goes into pancake and my my kids elbow goes into it and I'm now pinned and can't pull away. That is like, oh, oh. That is an issue for me. My little watery pancakes. Um, watery again, pancakes? Uh, that's probably exactly, it's probably watery pancakes. They're not fluffy Americans pancakes anymore. And I think for me, I've been... It, you know, I'm in an hour about it because there are some non-surgical procedures that are like really low risk. 
Um, I'm in ahhing about it because it hasn't affected me to the point where like it's ru- like ruining my days, ruining my nights. Mm. There's just something there. I'm old enough to know that I'm not doing it for a person other than myself. Mm. for reasons aesthetically because I'm going to be getting them out of chicken in your face like it's for me and I think that's why I've allowed the time to to pass because you got to be right in yourself it the journey of self healing it is more profound and more paramount to your weight loss to your look journey mm. you can't because it's like when you said when I hit the smallest size after my first son I look back at those pictures I'm like damn I probably still had some boobies then as well um but I didn't feel good enough I looked really? phenomenal and I didn't feel weight. good enough yeah because there was always something else it was only after my second son after PND after having cognitive behavioral therapy that I really started and embarked on that journey of self love because I thought I can't go through what I did before with the the first baby after my first son it's too soul destroying and I was miserable and on the surface people would be like banging body wow yeah and and that's it and then you and then that's the validation that we need sometimes like you know it's yeah. it's like I said when people say oh my god you lost weight this that and stuff and people say it to me and pe- and you know what people say to me and this is the biggest joke ever I love the way that you snap back into shape Rena after having each of your kids I'm like excuse me like it was I, a snap in happening <laughs> this my family doesn't snap we don't snap it's not a thing yeah. like we we don't need to drag off someone ourselves. that snaps i don't i don't know that person who are these snappers because i don't know them snappers I know, come forth come no. forth snappers <laughs> <laughs> i know some snappers and this is the thing like when <gasps> i when i i do i um i think i had my second baby and a friend a good friend had a baby her first at the same time we're similar ages she like literally 2 months later was back in her size 8 jeans i still looked pregnant and i'm not and this you know i'm not exaggerating people think that i exaggerate i don't i looked actually pregnant to the point where people in the family like obviously non sensitive members of the family like you know my boo from india or people like that oh <laughs> you know they are dead they they got you know your stomach it hasn't yeah. gone down like oh have you got another one in there ha 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 and i felt so shit about myself after hearing yeah. those things because i knew because that was my insecurity i i literally was thinking to myself why is it my stomach doesn't go down and it and it the, it was loose there was just nothing there i had big babies you know i hold my yeah. weight on my stomach anyway and it took literally 9 months to a year for me to get back into a shape which i was happy with like a lot of hard work yeah. a lot of hard Same. work it does and i think with people that snap back you've got to remember dna biology elasticity collagen there's so mm. many things going on there around the stomach how much weight you put on during the pregnancy and you know the uterus that 2 month mark can make sense because your uterus takes a number of weeks to then go back as well like go back down and adjust to mm. to the baby being delivered yeah. um but it's people that have miscarried you know people that have still got a yeah. baby bump and they don't even have their baby and the insensitive comments in our community is the reason why people don't ever feel good enough because there's no filter I'm slowly changing that narrative where I was the one that would compliment somebody's size and weight and now I don't now I actually compliment qualities and and endearing part you know endearing uh, traits in somebody that I enjoy like the humor I enjoy having your you know your light your sparkle and you know your ability to to be here and to you know 
to kind of immerse yourself with me, my friends, my family, all of that stuff. And it's about valuing what someone actually brings. Like we see, we feel a sense of fulfillment around certain people, right? How you look actually makes no difference to my life. It only makes a difference when my own judgments come through and I'm projecting, am I bigger, smaller than you? Am I bigger, smaller? And I get that when I look at my sister because she's always been a very petite woman. So even after four kids, she's tiny. Um, and she's saying like you, Rena, like my stomach. And I said, that's because you've had four babies within seven, like seven, mm. oh God, less than seven years. And she's 42. I think it's incredible, but it's about her own journey because she was always the petite person. So people forget that you've got people that couldn't put on weight and were really small and ridiculed and vilified for being too small. Yeah. And then you've got the opposite. Yeah. It's that thing in Marjin Joggi, Naman Joggi. Can't live, can't die. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, I've got a couple of friends, actually, that would take things like weight gainer and, you know, just... Yes. They do try really hard to put on weight and they couldn't. And they they felt very self-conscious about the fact that they were really, really thin. And people would say to them, oh my God, you need to eat. You need to eat. Look at you. You need to eat. You don't look well. There's that really distasteful comparison to being sick like bimard you, you basically look ill and people say it all the time I, and they say it to my husband he would like do a cut or something like uh, reduce body fat and they'll just start saying you don't look well your face is shrunken in your face is shrunken in and it's we just focus so much on the extrinsic the external home cars clothes designer or not look job title everything's mm. very extrinsic if I didn't feel good within, then I would have been the one trying to get, like, you know, buff for 40, whatever that means. But because I feel so much better within, and that's an ongoing journey. I have I had therapy after my second. I had therapy this year. I'm such a big supporter of therapy with the right person where you, because, you, you know, not every therapist is going to match and work for you. Not every type of therapy is going to work for you. Um... So resolved RM, she just helped me put to bed some other things because we can consciously recall some things, but then we have what we call memory, which you can't always access. It's but it's there. It's parked mm. in your subconscious. So you know when we think about our mums and how they dressed, how they ate, how they spoke about their bodies, some of the stuff we might remember when we're sitting there, like listening in on a conversation as a young girl. And there's other things that you might not remember that have subliminally caused you to have blocks. So depending on how you feel. feel. Um, so I did a particular therapy with um, with Helen because I wanted to get under some of the blocks that I can't access. I can't go into my memory and access. Anything that's traumatic in my world or my life that I can recall, I'll deal with it. I'm not one to sit there parking it and being a and the other things that I thought, okay, could be coming up for me subconsciously without me knowing, I'd like to tap into those. So I've come out of that, like every year I come out of something feeling like, wow, who was I before? <laughs> like, who was I before? Yeah. And that's the ongoing journey. And I thought, I'm not going to go in, into this like militant exercise and food regime when I want to be present for my kids. I want to be present for my friends. I want to be present in my relationship. I just want to basically live. Yeah. Right now, I don't have the capacity to add in a like a like a thorough gym routine. Um, and, and there's a number of things you know, that are going on in life, and that's the other thing. We're always 
it ebbs and flows. I think people think like, oh, I've hit the gym, I'm a gym bunny and I'm healthy and I'm... No, it's like this. And yeah. right now I'm in one of those... And if, and, and if you fall off, it doesn't mean, oh, that's it, you've ruined your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean that. You've fallen I'm off. off. I've it's been okay. off for months, but I'm just like, sometimes you're healing and you're flowing and it's okay. Mm. Um, you know, people sometimes say to me, like other people who are like... Um, fitness coaches and stuff and I, I speak to them about things that I like working out and I'm like oh you know I I'm not seeing results of this and this and 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 they'll be like track your macros and I'm like do you know what I'm not tracking my macros because no listen <laughs> that is the amount of people I respect to you if you track your macros right respect to you and you know if you don't know what that means it's basically recording exactly like what you're having like in terms of carbs and protein and, and stuff and um it's, it, it does involve weighing food out, right? It does involve weighing yeah. food out. Um, and making sure that you're in a calorie deficit if you need to be and all this kind of thing. I'm like, no, thank you. Because that is the thing that will tip me into obsessive. And my yeah. kids will see yeah. me doing that. Meal times are not going to be fun, you know? No. Um, because it's even though I'm like, okay, you know, I, I like challenging my body, I like doing this, I like seeing results when I see like a little bit of muscle tone and things, I Ooh, like it, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, it makes me feel good, but that is what, if that's the, if that is the one thing that will give me a flat stomach, tracking my macros, I still won't do it, I won't do it. And even because- then, it's so, um, <clears throat> they really, there's a lot of mis-selling, uh, the flat stomach, so we call it the cost of getting lean, um, I had a I had a book here called Orthorexia, which is when yeah, clean eating goes wrong, which is what happened to me after my first. So I had the body, I tracked macros, I did all of that, and then it turned into like obsessive elimination of certain food groups, and then you become like this almost like oh oh look at me clean eating like hoity toity oh, I don't do that don't put that in but then you would binge. It is can that be what you it's do? such a slippery yeah it's such a slippery road. I talk about this like. Tracking the mac, uh, tracking the calories, tracking the macros, it then becomes so hard to come out of that. So I now teach the opposite of that, which is intuitive eating. I have a book down there, but it's probably going to knock loads of things over trying to get it. Um, uh, so intuitive eating is around. If I want a chocolate right now because I'm craving it, I'm going to have it, and mm. chances are it's going to taste shit tons better when you eat it when you want it. If you park it for Friday night, I guarantee you. It will not taste as good, and then you'll start craving it and wanting more to hit that that euphoric, mmm, the way I wanted it to taste. Mm. The only time it's going to taste, mmm, the way I want it to taste is when you're having that craving. So when we deny our body things in that way, you mm-hmm. just park it, park it. So that restriction then leads into, uh, like what we say, you know, what you resist persists. That persistence then leads into, we would call it cheat days, but that's binging. Yeah. Because on that cheat day, I'm trying to get this najala, this enjoyment of all these things that I wanted and that I didn't have in the week because I was being so clean. That's not healthy. That's really disproportionately unhealthy. Yeah. What am I cheating on? What, my life? Me? My body? What exactly am I cheating on? My my health? Yeah. It's And the more we call it a cheat meal, the more we psychologically are telling ourselves it's wrong to eat those foods. So yeah, it's called orthorexia. It's not on. It's not a medical eating disorder spectrum term, but I think it's going to be classified. It's when we've gone into that healthy eating and gone. I, I think I've been on the borderline of that in the past as well. Like you know, like when you've 
gone somewhere and you've eaten a lot and you have that feeling of oh, I've eaten too much or I've eaten pizza and I wasn't planning to and then you feel like it's a sense of panic you're like oh shit oh my god yeah. I wish I didn't do that because now what's it gonna do to my yeah it's gonna set me back and like yeah. you know and, and I, I, I know other adults that have said things like oh I wish I could throw that back up and they wouldn't make themselves throw it back up but it's one step away from that to be honest you know what I mean if you're thinking I wish I could get that out of me because I feel so bad that I ate that big slice of cake that is one step away from the actual throwing it up yeah diagnosable eating disorders Mm. and I work with I don't work with people with diagnosed eating disorders but I work with people that either are kind of on that spectrum of thinking that they're binge eating because, again, some of us mislabel ourselves as binging when we're not. We're just having a shit day and we really just want to eat junk food and feel better. And and that distinction is important because you could just self-label, I'm binging, I'm binging, then you're trapped in a mm. cycle. But you are right, Rina. I, you know, people that say they've, they've gotten themselves to such discomfort that they have been sick or they've had so much of one thing that they've got diarrhea, headaches, can't sleep. Because different foods will react to your body in different ways. So the fact you can recognise, I don't want to count macros to get the flat stomach because that's a slippery slope. That's awareness of you avoiding something that's not going to be good for you. Mm. And what we say is the cost of getting lean is it's not just doing the macros. You have to decline social events. You have to get eight hours of sleep. People forget that sleep is really important in this Mm. fat loss game. You have to manage your stress levels. You'll probably have to work out more than once a day to really reduce body fat in order for abs to show or to have the appearance of a flatter stomach. Depending again on genetics, DNA, environment, lifestyle, where you live. And then you have to think about, you know, the emotional relation relational in, impact. So when my husband is on any kind of plan to, to do like um, body fat reduction, he's like sticking out like a sore thumb like we can't sit and eat with him and he is weighing his food and i don't want that influence for my kids your daughters will be like mom what are you doing whereas what we want is yeah i fancy a chocolate bar i'm gonna have a chocolate bar now if i'm having the chocolate bar every single day and i don't like the way that i feel my body looks and feels then it's worth working with a professional there's nothing wrong with that if you are just having an occasional cake chocolate muffin you know, we, in our heads, make it like, oh, I'm so bad. I'm addicted to shit. I know. When I quantify it with clients, I'm like, really? So you had a bag of Maltesers, a mini bag of Maltesers. Is that really that bad? It's never bad. But I have to help them, like, undo that because it's it's like what we said. You could do the macros, do the training, get that body and still feel crap. Yeah, I mean... I have to say that I have got to the point where my stomach was not like flat, flat, but it was flatter. But then I, I, I basically, my bum got really small, for example. And I was like, oh my God, where's my bum gone? You know what I mean? It's That's what I'm saying. Your mind, you can't choose where it goes. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, yeah. Hear me? you can't uh, choose where it goes. You, that's you what I'm saying. Spot reduce fat. Yeah. So, so this is something I've learned and I'm like, do you know what? If there are bits of bits of blub, like, you know, things like this, this is a new thing here, this bra fat, right? I didn't yeah. have that. When I was 36, I swear to God, I woke up one day when I was 36, I was like, what's this? What's this? What's this? Why is it bigger than what's actually in the bra? Like, what is going on? Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, For me, okay. I got the same and I'm like, I'm going to go and find a bra that, is, that doesn't do this to me rather than 
try and get rid of it because I I got time to try and get rid of this new development. And, and how far are you gonna have to go? Because that will be the go. last thing to go, right? The, these mm. so so I'm like, doesn't matter. You know, it's okay. Like my one of my uh, daughters, she's twelve years old now. And, you know, she's starting to get conscious of how she looks and things. And this is what I've got to be so careful because I've got three girls, right? So I never talk about weight, anything like that, you know. Um, don't weigh myself. Don't encourage anyone else to. Don't care, right? Um, so, I, you know, she was a bit like, oh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a bit bigger than other people. And, and, and oh, I don't want to eat because of this. Like, one day she said it. I was like, what the hell is going on? And because she's, because, you know, like, my, my husband's Ghanaian. And so in his family that some of his sisters have got the, the hips and things it's like beautiful figures right yes. and that's what you it's nice to have curves yes. right celebrated but, but then when this you know her friends are like you know very slim white girls for example it's like oh but yeah. why do i look like this and, why? and and she'll get over it and stuff but i just said to her i said look you know the thing to do is uh just be active do activities that you like make sure you're active don't sit around and watch tv yeah. and you're not going to feel good about yourself because yeah when you're active you get those endorphins and things you know they make yeah. you feel good and also i was like don't eat loads of rubbish you have an occasional treat make sure you're eating nutritious food because yeah because it, it's a feeling and then you're gonna and then you know what you're gonna feel actually really nice about yourself you're not even gonna care about weight because once yeah i was um i was in a place where I was eating well, I was working out, I felt really good about myself, I was like, oh, you're looking good in your clothes, this and that, for some weird reason, I saw the scales there in the bathroom, oh, just out of curiosity, what yeah. do I weigh? I stepped on the sta- scales, right, I stepped on the scales, and I was heavier than what I thought, and I was like, oh my god, the the good mood went away like this, yes, and like literally the vibe was killed, I, I was like, like, I don't like, deserve yeah. to be this happy, because I put weight on, my god, I, I'm not we as do, good as you I know, thought. we self-sabotage, the ego jumps in and says, you being happy is a new thing or you being mm. confident with a body that doesn't fit society's expectations is new and that's scary. So I'm just going to knock you down a peg or two so we can just stay where we are, like being safe because our ego mind is there to keep us safe against all odds, right? And it just, safety means predictability, routine. So a lot of people, when they do go on a weight loss journey, they then um, kind of relapse because it's too scary being in that new slim body. Uh, mm. This is us, not to do any spoilers, but when Kate is younger and she loses the weight, she's trying on a dress and she's like, she's unfamiliar with being small and it doesn't feel safe. So she goes back to her um, a, a plus size. And mm. people don't understand, like to say, get up, move, like uh, eat less, stop eating junk. There's a whole inner narrative. There's a psychological narrative that has to be understood for that person to want to do that. And I do it with the kids that my eight year old, he was seven when he said, my tummy's fat. And I was like, what? And it's like uh, Team Titans. They like to talk about the beer bellies. And I'm like, where are you picking up this stuff? Cause it's not happening at home. And um, I had to explain like fat is on, everyone needs fat. Fat's extremely important. Insulation, mm. you know, coats, like looks after your organs, all sorts of things. Um, but then he talked about, well, if I eat, I don't want to have a burger this week, mummy. It gives me a stomachache. Like, and then it, it does something to his poo. He started to be, because I tell them, you know, to you can check your stools, how regular they are. And mm. now he's worked out that if he's having red meat, that it can cause him to get backed up a little bit. And he's young, but mm. he's like, oh, I've already had a burger this month, mum. And I'm like, it's okay. 
But it's the fact that he's understanding the response to food after food. Yeah. Now he could be like, I'm stuffed, I'm full, I loved it, I'm not going to think about it. But I always like check in with him. How do you feel after that food? How did that food make you feel? Because that's what people aren't doing. You want to bring up your pizza. You feel so sick that you're upset with yourself. You feel guilty that you've eaten something that you feel is bad food. But let's just do a physical check. How do you feel emotionally? How do you feel physically bloated, discomfort, flatulence? Do you want to feel like that every time you eat Domino's? Mm. Mm. So what could we do to adjust it? And then we make these small adjustments. So for me, it was recognizing that I can have one or two slices. I don't have to go for the full four or five. Because yeah. I could, you know, I could smash down four or five. Um, because actually when it came to it the next day and I'm feeling sluggish because food um, is directly linked to mood because your yeah. gut microbiome, vagus nerve connecting to your brain, serotonin, our happiness hormone, 70, up to 70, 80% is produced in our gut. And that beige food, the pizzas and the breads and all those starchy carbs, they feel mm. good in that moment, but once they're left there, they will impact your mood. So my clients become so innately like aware so aware of you know last time I ate that as well the next day I felt really sluggish really meh like do I want that in my digestive system bringing me down let me modify it a little bit don't have to give it up I can still have it I'll take my time I'll enjoy it I'll make love to every Mm. bite but I'll ensure that I'm getting good enough to so that I know that it's not you know I can have it without feeling that lethargic depressive feeling and people think it's really extreme i'm like no when you start connecting the dots you become so aware of what food does and doesn't suit your bodies mm. um, and then you na- your body naturally responds to that as well yeah but yeah arena but with young women so i've worked with some teens um pre-menstrual and menstrual and what happens they become aware of their body shape and they think um that eating less will we'll support it and actually it doesn't it can be more detrimental and it can it can almost put their young bodies into that starvation mode because they need more iron to prepare for it you know it's, it's a real i cannot explain nutritionally what a massive deal it is for women starting to menstruate they need they need the food so you know Opposite to what they think, if you don't, you'll get you'll get lethargic, you'll get low, mm-hmm. you'll have potentially impact your have p- painful periods, cramping, all the things that actually as a woman we shouldn't have to put up with and mm-hmm. are not normal. Uh, affects estrogen in their bodies, affects hormones. So yeah, it's about saying, all right, these are some of the things that you might want to include, enhance, definitely do some movement that is fun to you, that feels good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then see your body sh- change. Your body's going to be constantly changing. And you'll get, we'll be able to work out what works for you, what works best for you. Mm. So do you think that there's, there is a happy medium to, from, from being like, oh, I'm happy and content. I'm just going to eat ice cream and not care about it because I'm happy and content to the other side of it, which is orthorexia, killing yourself to work out. Is there that happy medium and how do we stay in there? How do we stay in there? I'm, I'm trying to that, stay there myself now. Yeah. I'm trying to and be there. And I think you'll probably agree. So, I mean, we're in our 40s now. We will be subjected to peri- perimenopause hormones, which means so estrogen essentially starts to change in our bodies. And that um, is a hormone that's also influencing cholesterol and fat, so insulin. 
So our bodies will become a little bit more sensitive to sugar. So we have to be mindful about timing it and how we eat it. That's where we see women uh, accumulate more abdominal fat. It's mm. directly linked. And we find it harder to make and keep our muscle. So it's really good that we do work out. Mm. Um, plyometric, like uh, quite functional movements, the jumps and the lunge and all that kind of mm-hmm, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Bull slams, like the good stuff. Lunges, squats. Yeah. Um, so the happy medium is for me self-compassion. I know, Rena, if I'm not going to the gym, which really supports my body maintenance, and I'm having a takeaway quite regularly, like two, three times a week, and I'm not paying attention to my fullness and hunger cues, and I'm just going around, that I will be where I am now. Now, I can reverse this quite easily, but I do it around my menstrual cycle. So cravings are lowest when you start your bleed. Or for some people, as the bleed starts to ebb away, so when you've had your period, um, because, again, of the hormonal situation Mm. in your monthly cycle. So those first two weeks, starting the bleed just after the bleed, lower cravings, a desire for lighter foods, um, stay hydrated, good sleep. You will naturally just eat less. Eat fresh. Salads. Just you play your cycle to kind of flow with that. And then as I ovulate, so that's another thing about my birthday, great, ovulation, bang, I literally puff up on a, during ovulation. It's almost like progesterone arrives in my body and I'm fluffy. So you, I'll, I can see it in my pictures. I'm like, two days ago, I didn't look like this in my dress. Yeah. So the ovulation marks kind of like the midway in the cycle. It's different for everyone. Not everyone has a 28-day cycle. Um, and then I get a bit puffy. And there starts progesterone and these kind of... PMT vibes, cravings for carbohydrates. Yeah. Now I know it's coming up, so I can't just keep ordering cheesy chips with my husband because I'm having the craving. Yeah. That's what goes down. That's what goes down in my house, you know. Cheesy chips. Pizza mm-hmm. fries, cheesy chips. Um. So that's when I get like my vegan food delivery in in the week. Like I will do field doctor meals, which are low fodmap meals. Um. Just the they got they have carbs but on like a lower GI spectrum. Like it's, it's, right. I won't go into the kind of boring science of it. It's really yeah. interesting. They tend to help with people that have um, IBS, any kind of mm-hmm. digestive issues, low FODMAP meals uh, work for people. So that's Field Doctor, or you get your HelloFresh or Gusto. You know, you pick the kind mm-hmm. of things that you know are going to be comforting, but they're not going to send you over yeah. the edge. Oh, if I don't have the food in my house, I will be getting takeaway. So I have to make sure that I have appropriate chocolates because I'm going to want chocolates. Not going to want it every day, but when I want it, I have to be able to give into it or a spoon of Nutella, toast Nutella, whatever it is. When we don't restrict, we don't sit there desperately craving either. You know, it's that uh, paradox. The curious paradox is that when I stop trying to change, Mm -hmm. I change. Yeah. Yeah. So the happy yes. medium is yes, yes, trying, yes, yes. yeah, so trying different things, giving yourself permission to eat and then just noticing how your body's responding and always track your cycle for women. Always track your cycle. Always, mm. always, always. Yeah, I'm trying to I mean, I'll throw the moon in now. there as well. Yeah. yeah. And then with her, she can do the mood. You know when you do the squares and you colour in yes. the square every day, you then start noticing when your PMT arrives because PMT is is distinctly different for everyone at different points in their cycles. 
Yes, yeah. And, and, and you know, like, you could have some contraception that doesn't give you that monthly bleed. But then for me, because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm open about this, like I did a, a podcast about it. I have a, a coil, so... There, but I, I so I'm starting copper the, coil. No, I had that. That was a nightmare. But it's called Kylina, so it's a little bit of hormone localized. But yeah. I still, what happened was my periods have basically dwindled to nothing. But I still get those symptoms, and I still yes. get fluffy, like you say. Like you know, yeah, I swell up yeah. a bit before I get moody. I want to eat like Nutella from a jar and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I need to be I. And every month is a surprise. It's like, oh my god, why? What's this happening to me? And it's like, yeah. okay, why yes. Why am I doing this? Why do yeah. I do it? Come on, the, you know this. It is because of your cycle. You know this. It's 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 all right. It's going to be all right. Work with it. So when we don't track them, it does feel like you said, like, why is this happening to me? I've just had yeah. a period. You look back and like, oh, my period was like three weeks ago. Like, oh shit. Like, they time goes. It comes around. I and know. When we, so that's the only thing I really, really encourage tracking is our, our cycles purely because, you know, our periods are a massive symbol of overall health. They should be like the sixth measurement of our overall health. Like you would take blood pressure or, mm. you know, heartbeat. We, we should be being asked about our menstrual cycles. And the other really important thing to note there is when it comes to contraception, Rena, so yeah, hormonal contraceptions is like you taking paracetamol when you've got a fever so you don't know you've got a fever. Mm. It's like denying your body acknowledgement or expression of its real self. So if you've got PCOS like I had and then you go on the contraceptive pill for a decade, that's masking what's going on. Because when you come off, your symptoms are still there. Yeah. And that underlying problem needs to be addressed. So for me, it was managing uh, through better nutrition, better stress management. For me, my disrupted mm. periods were very much a result of some of the kind of internal stresses and um, trauma from like, like childhood trauma, which so many people have. Mm. So when I stabilized that and had the two children, which also changed our hormones. Yeah. Um, yeah, people wouldn't even assume I have PCOS. They'll be like, really? Because I manage the symptoms through just intuitive eating and stuff. I have it. Love. I, have, I have PCOS. Yeah. I, I do. I like so it. we're always having to be mindful because actually it does add a layer of um, added challenge to looking after our physical yes. bodies and sizes. Yeah, it does. Um, to me, like, you know, so we've been talking about how that, that, that balance, feeling oh, that we are good enough, basically feeling we are good enough, even when you're on a journey to perhaps lose weight, you know, to build muscle or something. I think it's, for me, it's also about enjoying that journey, making that yeah. journey enjoyable, right? So, and I, I, you know, people in my family, one of my sisters is like, I hate working out, don't like exercise, this, that, hate it. I don't know how you're doing it, but that's really good for you. I hate it. And I keep trying to tell her, no, please get into the habit, you'll like it. But it. <laughs> You know, we always have these conversations, but, you know, she'll, she likes walking. I'm like, go walking then. You, yes. you, you've got to, you have to do what's enjoyable for you. Make it enjoyable. I change things up all the time because I get bored of things, yeah. you know. Or, I, or, yeah. I, or for me, I give myself a new challenge. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go running, but I'm going to go this way instead so I can do, you yeah. know, half a K more, you know, um, and just give myself a little bit of challenge. Or, okay, I'm going to run... Now I've conquered running half a five k under thirty minutes. Next, I'm gonna do a bit more distance. That's what's so, good. But it, it took me a while to get there. So I'm kind of like, no, I'm gonna challenge myself and I'm gonna enjoy the journey. And even with food, it's like trying to make 
things which are have that balance of okay you know I love cakes and things like that right and I'll make them all the time and I used to have my own little cake business so I'm kind of you know I I like to do that but then also healthy things have healthy things have like you said have it in the house learn about trying to make veg and that kind of thing taste better that you want to eat it you know and know and like you're saying yeah know how you feel yeah no. you can still use processed oven food you can and still live you can have you know you know corn sausages with a, with a salad if you really want there's so many ways to adapt the way we eat but we're being sold the story of having buddha bowls and working out 15 times a day no. as being the only way to achieve health you can make really small adjust little tiny adjustments and get and, and reap really good rewards health wise and you've hit the nail again You've got to choose what you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, your body won't respond to it. And again, with your menstrual cycle, those two weeks before your period, you're unlikely to want to do a hit. You're not going to want to go hard. You might prefer to do a bit of yoga, a walk. So also, you know, pick your activity and your physical movement levels around your cycle and energies. And Mm. when you track your cycle, you'll become so aware of Right, confidence is best around ovulation because you want to procreate. That's just the way we're created. You know, you might find the barman who, you know, last week was so, like, uh, really attractive. You might want to flirt with the cashier in Sainsbury's, whatever it is. You know, interviews, applying for a job between um, your bleed and ovulation, you're feeling at your best. You Mm. are, again, lower water retention, wear the fitted outfits. You know, feel good. And then knowing that when you hit ovulation towards period, if I'm not going to feel so great, right, let me go and get some, let me work with a stylist that knows my body shape and size can help me feel good with who I am rather than always trying to change our shapes. Because again, like I said, four phases in a month, our body is not consistently the same size, even when you're the same size. Because you're going to get the puff and the no puffs. But it's about... No, I just if you say don't to, enjoy it, you won't stick to it. Exactly, and also to be don't, like me, you know, I've learned don't panic when you do get put yeah. weight on when you get getting that stomach that won't go down at a certain point of the month and stuff. I've got clothes right that are clothes which just they hang. They're not fitted. Those fitted clothes, I'll forget about them for certain days of the month, yeah. and I'll be okay with that. Like yes. have nice clothes that you're not going to feel shit in that make you feel nice, but allow you room to yes. kind of be a little bit bigger at certain parts of the month like it's it's okay you know i'm going to talk about the black dress that i put up the other day about like take the dress from the back of the wardrobe which sat in my wardrobe for a year and where it's the bardo and it's got like the overhang i can go without a bra so the pancakes are nicely hidden like it's and it's got like wiggle room for like if you go to eat and you blow and it's just floaty so i like the way it feels and i never knew that this random dress was gonna have me feeling princess mm. like it's crazy right um, and you know, if I go and pick something off the mannequin that doesn't make me feel that way, but I want to look like the mannequin, I'm going to be in a backward struggle there. Like it's not going to work for me. If I'm forcing myself to run again, and I don't enjoy running, uphill struggle. Why do mm. we do it to ourselves? Even this, so, this comparison, this comparison between you know, like looking at people like I look at J Lo. Oh my God, you know J Lo's like over fifty. Look at her; she looks amazing. This, that, and whatever. She looks amazing. Everyone's like she looks amazing. And oh my God, but why don't we look like that? And we're younger than her. And this kind of nonsense is like, hello, she's being paid millions to basically that's her life. She said 
in interviews, you know, when she got had that movie Hustlers and she got ready for that, where she had to literally wear like a, a G-string, um, that she, she had to, it was hell. She had to kill herself yeah. to get yeah. to like that. She's had two children. I wouldn't be surprised if she's had a tummy tuck. She had twins, for God's sake. Come on, it's let's be real so, now. And this is why people don't like talking about the cost of getting lean. Like I said, a lot of people in the fitness industry that are fitness models have real real mental health struggles because like you lost your bum women lose their boobs that's why a lot of women in the bodybuilding contest have um, breast enhancement yeah, enlargements they because they will get scored differently and that is a very disproportionate image to give to somebody now if we are nutritionally um, when we're trained with precision nutrition if we're going to work with someone that wants to be like a competitive athlete we have to make sure that the mental health game is on because mm. you will go down a slippery slope of it's hell. You have to have a team. You have to time your macros, not just weigh your food. You have to time the when you eat the food around the workouts, around your sleep. Mm. It's a full time job. A lot of people in the fitness magazines, um, you know, Jillian Michaels, whatever. It, I find her her view on health is so oh. Uh, they will know when they're going to have a photo shoot. So they will get themselves prepped for that. Or if you look like that 365 days a year, you may not be having a menstrual cycle because your body is being compromised. You're, as women, we're not meant to have a significantly low body fat percentage. So low fat means you've got less fat, which everyone has in your on your body. So you might still get a wiggle because everyone still wiggles. Like we look all at, wiggle. Listen, I yeah. work out. Look at this. Yeah. I'll set my meme husband can, joke about it. We can hold it. it. Yeah, we can tense it and it won't look like that. But when your muscles are loose and relaxed. So, you know, to give people this disproportionate image, it is really unfair. And that low body fat, we're talking like sometimes percentage-wise, for certain people it might be 30% you can see an ab, 20%. The lower you go, the more you impact your hormones, especially as a woman. And it's not sustainable 365 days a year. No. It's never going to be sustainable. And I'm, I like to see how many women are now coming forward that are smaller with regards to losing their menstrual cycles. No one ever talked about that before. Wow. Yeah. So I think, basically, in a nutshell, to just kind of summarise what we've talked about is to to basically find what you enjoy the things that you enjoy that are going to make you feel good about yourself you know the diet the exercise yeah. but things that you enjoy to have some balance and also not comparing not comparing and not, like yeah. you said trap your oh, cycle comparison your is body. the thief of joy comparison is the thief of joy and the other really key part here is you know is that when when you are giving yourself permission just clock what's happening clock how your body's responding clock it around your menstrual cycle and keep a note don't expect a j-lo body if you don't have the time to write down how your physical body responded to the the sushi or the pizza or the salad when my skin reacts if i'm not writing down the list of what i just ate that caused that reaction i can't sit there complaining it's my responsibility as you would do for an intolerance mm -hmm. an allergy do the same about your food and your mood yeah but more than that is what you said it's not permanent i was like that rena if i put on the weight i would go in panic like oh my god what have i done how am i gonna mm. undo this how am i gonna reverse this that idea of permanency of an action because you ate a pizza you've sabotaged it instead look down like okay curious what's going on here my body is changing every single day we shed skin we shed hair i'm not mm. fixed i'm not trapped 
let me just see if I can do better tomorrow. 1%, 1% change, it's all you need to do. It's not, I now need to go hardcore, starve myself, go on a diet, track everything. Uh, I'll do better this evening. I'll do better later. I'll do better tomorrow. It's always about self-compassion. Being kind to, yeah, I was going to say that, being kind to yourself and even even with all your bumps and lumps or whatever, it's like, no, you know what? I'm going to be the best version of myself. I'm on this journey. This this is okay, you know? And you've got yeah. other things to think about as well. It's like, you know, yeah. yes, feeling good, looking good, it's all great. But to just be like, you know what? I'm on this journey, but what I see now is damn good and appreciate it. Appreciate yes. it. And then go, go there with the, I've got beautiful eyes. Actually, I love my eyebrows down. My nail beds are good. Like, I've got a lot going on over here. And apart from that, I've got a banging personality, <clears throat> friends that love me. I've got home, food, air. And this, there's a difference. Don't, do to- don't buy into toxic positivity about I can affirm my way out of depression. I can affirmation my way out of like sadness. In some situations, you may need to work with a professional, a coach, a therapist. And that's okay, again. Always self-compassion, self-kindness. No one's going to come and be kind kind to you if you're not kind to yourself. Like, all the time. When I felt crappy about, oh my God, look at this. What am I doing? Looking like an oompa loompa in this outfit. I was like, whoa, whoa, a girl. You're 40. You're cool. You've got your hair. Look did. at you. Right. You're 40 and look at you. Come on. Listen. So, yeah, have your I'm list applauding of you and I'm applauding so. myself. I'm 42. You're 40. We have kids. I'm sorry, but we're, we're doing we're good. We're rocking it. We're doing we're good. We're doing really good. Okay. I so, think so. I agree. I, I do yeah. think so. I do. But and find it, yeah, be mm. around people that are there and they're picking you up. Your environment and your community is the most, you know, paramount part, part of your own self-acceptance journey and being able to be honest. Girls are scared of saying, I don't like my stretch marks. Or actually, they're not scared of saying that. They, <clears throat> I think women are more scared of just being honest about, oh my God, yeah, I don't. Oh, I do find people you can be honest with and that will mm. accept you and you'll know who they are yes go with your gut instinct is a real thing man your gut is telling you things mm. go with your gut instinct that's really good really good advice listen hun thank you Ravneet so thank much it's you. always a pleasure talking to you um, hopefully we will meet in real life again soon sometime yeah. which will be really nice because uh, it's been years and years and years um, but yeah thank you so much and, I'll you be insta stalking uh, you until then and applauding all, right. all the amazing topics Same. that you're covering ditto um, so listen if people want to find out a bit more about neat nutrition where can they go just give yourself a little plug oh yes uh uh, Instagram at neat n e e t underscore nutrition, and I'm on Facebook same tag, and I have a www.neatnutrition.co.uk. Cool. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody, and I really hope that um, it's been good. And please share it. Share the love. Share the love. You know. Um, no I think. Uh, what was that saying? Um, enhance your vibe to empower your tribe yeah okay so this is this is true so please do share this review it that'd be nice give a leave a nice review on apple podcast because it yeah challenge my thinking challenge our thoughts it's all good comment like yeah we're open for all of it definitely definitely and you can email as well mummyimperfect at gmail.com on instagram i'm at rena diana bill or at sisterhood of mummy and perfect so until next week from us bye girls